This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Kate Cruz recording live at the 8th Annual Becker's Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm sitting here with Michelle Stansbury. Michelle, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure. Well, one, appreciate um, you having me on. Um, I have always appreciated the podcast that you all put on. They're very, very good. But this is Michelle Stansbury. I am the Vice President of Innovation and IT Applications at Houston Methodist. Of course, that's in Houston, Texas, um, very large um, health system that um, provides services to the Houston and surrounding communities. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And I'm excited to learn more. Can you share some about your growth strategy for the next couple of years? Sure. I, you know, it's um, and, and I'll speak to it from the innovation perspective because, uh, you know, traditional IT, I also take care of with all the application suites, but very excited about what we're looking at overall with an innovation. And there's kind of three populations that we are really focused in on. And one, it's our patients. Um, how can we make sure that the journey they experience with Houston Methodist is one, the way that they want it, because everyone's journey is slightly different, and that the ease of gaining services from us is as easy as possible. So, and that could be many different ways. And so we're really focused in on the problems of, of ensuring the ways that we're doing that for our patients and our new consumers are the best. The other is our clinicians. And the EMRs have been really, really great. They're great for data. I, you know, I know I, I can, I can, you know, I, probably if a physician was sitting right here next to me going, I don't think so, but you we, know, we've had so, we had someone describe it as a pure disaster that that was, no, uh... I don't know that I would say it's a pure <laughs> okay. disaster. What I would say is it provides the opportunity to um, work in an environment that is guiding you on best practices. Mm -hmm. And it's also the data that is collected of what's putting in has been in a tremendous help overall for the healthcare community. Definitely. So I would say that. Yes. Now, <laughs> is it a burdensome to our clinicians because they're the ones having to put in all the data? Um, and hence what I'm, what one of our other pieces is, how can we ease that journey and make it more efficient for our clinicians and allow them to do what they went to school for, which was to take care of patients. They didn't go to learn how to type and enter in data into a computer, mm -hmm. right, for the EMR. But if you can make that process easier for them, either through voice, so they're having a, a conversation with the overall patient and then the data is automatically collected into the system form, wouldn't that be great? Mm -hmm. um, so those are the, the, one of the other things is how can we increase the efficiencies um, by automating things that make it easier for our clinicians. And then the other is, I would say, we're really just looking at efficiencies as a whole. So everyone's heard about AI. Um, I think everyone's exploring how can they use AI? Um, the interesting part is AI has been around for a while. It's not like it's brand new. I think everyone's just now exploring about chat GBT and yes. everything else that's out there. But the other pieces of AI machine learning and large language, those have been around. And so a lot of vendors have really captured ways in order for you to use that information. 
And we're doing that in order to increase overall the efficiencies by not having humans have to do those things, but having the systems be able to capture that and provide back data that allows them to make the right decisions. So it's probably three big areas that we're being focused on overall in, in our innovation. And I really see that expanding as we continue on on that journey for probably the next couple of years. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks for kind of breaking that down. I have a question about kind of like that patient demographic that you mentioned. You said, and you know, 100% accurate how, you know, patients have different preferences for how they receive care, how they schedule, how they, you know, interact with the healthcare system and its technology. I mean, there's a million different ways that that can transpire. Right. How is, is there, you know, specific technology that has helped kind of, sift through some of that how are you figuring out a person's preferences are you just asking them is there technology that helps with that well um i will say we do have focus group sessions where it is that we learn from some of the things from our patients some of the items we pilot um new technologies that we bring in one i will give you just an example now it's a little bit older we've used it for a while um and i know one of my colleagues was here this yesterday talking to she so she might have brought this up but We've become a society who likes instant gratification on whatever it is and using our cell phones to be able to do that. No one likes to have to be on a computer if they don't have to. Most of us are really busy, so we've gotten very used to texting. Well, it used to be a while back, you would get your reminders by telephone. Um, and no one really liked those either. It was like, oh, as soon as you'd hear it, you just delete it. I don't need to. Well, guess what? A lot of times what happened, then you would forget about your appointment and we'd have a lot of no-shows. So we found a solution that could do texting, text reminders. And you tell if, if that's your preference, if you want text, you want email, or you still want phone. Most people do prefer the text reminders. We quickly put that in. It really helped with our no-show rate. But the thing that we transitioned very quickly was we made it bi-directional texting. Okay. So not only did you get the reminder, but didn't work, we will now allow you to, you could cancel it, you can reschedule it, you could do all of that. And now here recently, we're working on how can you just schedule an appointment by texting? Yeah. The other piece that we um, are working on is text-based. We're really, we're, we're starting to delve into what does it look like? This text-based care. Mm -hmm. Now there's other kind of individuals or organizations who are out there doing it. Um, but we want to make it seamless. You start off in tech specs care. Maybe they can solve your problem. If not, do you need to go to one of our same day clinics or do you need to go to an urgent care center or whatever that whole process? Then if you didn't need to go, well, let's go ahead and schedule for that appointment so that you can get in right away for our same day clinic. So that's what I'm talking about. Everyone's wanting that convenience in that instant. How can I get the care that I need in the way that I want it? And I think you're always going to find there's certain people that want the phone call. I'm just comfortable with the phone calls. So we just want to make sure that we're providing all aspects of that. Yeah. And that's really important to remember just because like you said, there are still people who want that phone call and maybe there's someone who prefers an email. So, I mean, and if that's the case, then you want to reach them there. So. I'm like you, I'm like, no, 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 just send me the text. Yeah. That's all I need. I mean, <laughs> hey, to each their own. <laughs> Can you tell us about the most exciting and impactive initiative or project you're working on right now? I, I would probably say it has to do with our care redesign. Um, and most organizations right after COVID had really suffered from staffing, mm -hmm. right? And keeping nurses and having enough nurses. And that's kind of how it generated. 
we'd already been working on looking at a couple of different solutions um, that would provide some functionality, but it really kind of has taken off. And I would say it's in really kind of three parts. One is um, providing virtual services to our patients while in-house. And I want to caveat this. A lot of these solutions, most people are starting off with doing hospital at home or providing home care services. We knew we had to provide nursing services or type services that nursing would handle. So we said, why not try these solutions in-house? Yeah. Learn from them. If we get the process down very easily, we'd be very, we'd set up to be able to do this other process at home. So when we started off with the virtual nursing, and it was basically, we already have a virtual command center set up in our hospital that manages um, our virtual ICU program. It also offers um, telesitting services. So we said, if we were to take some of the nurses from the floor and they did a time study to see what caused that nurse so much, you know, things that they were having to do. Well, they found out that admits and discharges, you coming in, your admit, I'm having to ask you all these questions to find out and discharges. Let's go through all your instructions and everything. It's normally taken about 45 minutes and it was only because they were being interrupted all the time. Nurse call, they've got to go to another room. So they said, let's take that off and let's provide it virtually while the patient's in the room. You log in, we go through your admits and discharges. They're now able to get through it within 10 to 12 minutes and it's dedicated. Um, nurses love it and our patients absolutely love it. So that's what, creating efficiencies now that most of in those tasks is what I remember I talked about it being taken off so the nurses can do what they like. The other piece is, is we're really looking now, how can we expand it since we have it? The other is um, biomed, biomed devices. So we're working with an organization. They've got a device that's about the size of a half, half dollar. It's a patch, puts onto you and it collects vital signs information. And so it's, instead of we're looking at Q4 vitals, who wants to be woken up in the middle of the night when they have to take your vital signs? This is taking your vitals. We get it every hour on the hour. It has an alert watch that basically if you go out of parameters based on those vitals, our virtual command center is watching it. Um, so if something happens, they're able to quickly to respond to see what's going on with the patient. So it's another way. Taking, trying to take some of that burden off, but still collecting the data and understanding the patients that we need to. And the very last, as I would say, it tell you is this AI component. And we're utilizing it in our ORs. And so we're trying to create the efficiencies in our ORs. And what it is, it's camera technology. It's constantly watching. And it's seeing how long is it taking you to set up the OR, get all the equipment, everything else set up. The case rolls in, you finish it, then how long is it taking them for them to get everything cleaned up and turn around? So it provides data. One, it has to learn the OR, learn all the equipment in the OR, but then it begins to tell you, here's opportunities for you to gain efficiencies so that then you could turn that over and be able to do more cases. Those are like three promising technologies for us that we are absolutely looking at and how can we expand it and use it for other things those are just three that we know it's today, but once you have it, you can begin to really look at how you can um, expand it across your organization. Well, and something that really stuck out to me, you know, in each of those examples is the 
strategic implementation of it, especially with your virtual nursing. You know, you mentioned starting that at the bedside first or like right. in-house. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people are trying to, you know, reach people in their homes right away, but yeah. obviously that, you know, creates issues that mm -hmm. there's not someone there in person to solve. And so kudos to you and your team for being smart about that. And it sounds like it's really been paying off. Michelle, I've loved our time speaking today. Before I let you go, what is the most important thing healthcare executives should do now to make sure that their organizations are successful down the road? I would say stay focused on solving the problems that you're having in your organization. I know sometimes people can um, get excited about new technology that's out there because it looks very promising, but if it's not solving a problem that you currently have in your organization today, put it on a shelf. Don't discard it because it's actually, if it looks promising technology, but put it on a shelf in case you look at it, you look and you need it um, afterwards. But I, I, I find that, you know, if you're not really focused on what the problems in your organization, then what, what are you doing? What is innovation about? How are you trying to transform your, your overall health system? And I would say, um, I keep telling everyone that's the biggest driver for us in our organization because look, healthcare has got lots of problems. It does. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if we could all collectively work together and one of the things that we've done is that we hold periodically these open houses and have people come in and learn from us because we all should be sharing too. Yes. And seeing how we could help. Yep. Instead of just holding it internally. Yeah. And that's been one of the amazing things about this conference that's been going on is all the knowledge being shared. And, you know, I feel like you know, in the conversations I've had, it's incredible to hear all the perspectives. That is the one good thing about, I think, conferences going back into person yes. now that we've all missed. Yes. I mean, is being able to hear the sessions, you know, talk with colleagues afterwards yeah. um, and get to know each other. I mean, I, you know, so I have no background in healthcare other than like a college data mm -hmm. entry job. And I hear, you know, I'm walking by and I'm not eavesdropping, but I hear a clinician or I don't know if they're clinicians, but, you know, an attendee here talking to someone else. And, you know, I hear them like talking about how they're just one-on-one, -on -one, like technology has come about different things that they've used That's and it. i'm like that wouldn't happen it's the sharing it's yeah. the sharing of the stories and then sharing information and then going back yep. so you've shortcutted that process of maybe potentially find a solution for your own organization yeah. or a problem you're trying to solve yeah i i am i think it's great that we've all been able to come back in person and i'm hoping covid doesn't come back significantly or we again. learned how to deal with it yes we have we have <laughs> <laughs> again no background in healthcare. <laughs> well michelle thank you so much for your time today it's been a pleasure speaking with well, you. well thank you for having me really appreciate it it's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning stay sharp grow their networks to help our audience better do this in a more simplified personalized and meaningful way Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.